Hello and welcome to the Core Perform Corner, where registered dietitians and personal trainers teach you how to optimize your gut health, hormones, and fitness. Our team has utilized the trademark and evidence-based Core Perform protocol to transform over 500 lives mentally and physically. Here at Core Perform, we have three core values that are family, communication, and care. So if you are ready, subscribe to join our family, communicate with us through our Facebook group to ask questions, and we'll take care of the rest. Please remember this episode should not be used as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. And now, let's get on to this week's question. To the Core Perform Corner, where we answer your questions every single week um, live from the Facebook group. Um, be sure to join the Facebook group if you are not joined already. The link is in the description. And from there, we answer all of your questions that you have and any questions. So with that said, also remember that we're having a giveaway, not only in the Facebook group, but on Instagram and on the podcast. Um, so be sure to check out that last uh, podcast episode we did about probiotics if you're interested in winning a free probiotic. With that said, let's go ahead and get started. Um, Courtney, why don't you pull one of the questions from the Facebook group? Do you have it open? I do. But someone has an echo. Is it Kyler? Where is it? Kyler. Let's all accuse Kyler today. It's got to be Kyler. <laughs> it went away. Did it disappear there? Because I muted it. Yeah, it did. So um, one of the questions says, does a home have to be 100% gluten-free for me to be safe? Should I find a celiac dietitian or someone to come into my home and evaluate what needs improvement? So... I don't think that you necessarily need to hire someone to come into your house and um, evaluate your your house for something. However, with that said, I think that it might be a really good strategy to have someone who's who is like specializes in that to do that. I think that's a really easy way, and you can also do it online virtually. But having someone now that we're not in the COVID world, like having someone come to your house and just show you like all right, this could possibly be going on. This could possibly be going on. Maybe right here, this could be benefited and they could help you strategize. I don't know of anyone who offers that kind of service locally to you, but I think that's a really cool idea for anyone who could help. Mm-hmm. Um, now, your home doesn't need to be 100% gluten-free for you to be safe. Uh, however, I do want to note the fact that a lot of times I've heard practitioners be like, gluten is in the air. Um, you can't avoid gluten. If you go into a gluten filled bakery, like it's in the air and you'll never be able to fully be out of gluten. And although I understand the premise behind that, I don't think that's a realistic way to live your life, Mm -hmm. um, to believe that gluten is in the air. And if that is a concern to you, then perhaps putting up some HEPA filters in the house. But at that point, like that is not a quality of life kind of thing to be thinking like that um which is why again i started you on those enzymes by the way sherry so with that said um is there any liquid multivitamins that core before recommends i'm trying to avoid the centrum pills uh i'll take this one um dosh actually reminded me of some pretty good ones that i used in the past um and recommended to people maybe if they're sensitive to um, pills or have swallowing issues or get nauseous when they take them. 
Um, I really like the brand Mary Ruth's. Um, you can literally look them up online. They have options of some pretty good liquid multivitamins, and they also have liquid multi-mineral vitamins as well. Again, that's not to say you absolutely need to do that, but most people definitely can benefit from multivitamin to fill in the cracks. If you don't do well with capsules or pills, liquid is always an option, and that is a really good brand that I like. Awesome. <laughs> Tyler, do you have a question? I do. And if there's background noise, I'm sorry. The gym is super loud today. There's construction too. So, uh, but I'll just throw out the question because this one's for you too. And then I'll mute myself again. Uh, for the dietitians, any tips to manage cholesterol? Do I need to cut out foods like whole eggs and shrimp? That is an awesome question. So first things first is kind of taking a look at what the potential causes of the cholesterol are. So we, from a gut health standpoint, we actually see a lot of individuals that have um, like pretty healthy weight, relatively healthy diet for the most part, um, and their cholesterol and their triglycerides are really high. So in that case, usually something might be going on in the gut where maybe they have some type of dysbiosis that's causing um, malabsorption. Maybe they're not getting enough fiber to help pull out all of the cholesterol, and that's why it's really high. Um, there has oftentimes been times too. Um, sorry to interrupt you, but oftentimes too, you have to remember that cholesterol in your diet does not affect your endogenous production. So it doesn't matter if they're eating shrimp or whole eggs. You do not have to take that out. Instead, keep it in, but also add in the fiber, add in the stuff that's going to nurture and feed the good gut bugs, and make sure that we're producing enough of the healthy short chain fatty acids that are helping to restore the gut lining and to produce all these um, beneficial effects. Um, and also fiber being the one constituent that will bind cholesterol and excrete mm -hmm. it out of the body. So um, typically we see this also with hypothyroidism and low thyroid function, where if you have low hormone function, you will have high cholesterol. Mm -hmm. um, and this has to do a little bit more with like the pancreas and things like that, but um, that's a good overview. Yeah. I was just going to say diet does not, dietary cholesterol has <clears throat> not necessarily have any major impact on actual serum cholesterol levels. So keep eating your eggs. If you're, if you tolerate them, keep eating those things. It's not going to be super great for lutein and zeaxanthin to incorporate at whole eggs. Make sure mm -hmm. you get the egg yolks because the egg whites have no nutritional value. Mm -hmm. There's the protein, um, but that is not a vitamin or a mineral. Eggs are packed with a lot of really essential vitamins and minerals. One of them being lutein and zeaxanthin, which is great for your eye health and also choline, which is really, really important for producing bile acids in the body and helping you to break down food. So, mm -hmm. and methyl and contributing to methylation and everything. So make sure you're eating your eggs. <laughs> Those Egg. are great sources of, of intake. Um, okay, we have two questions about trending diets, which is fun. Um, the first one is a pro, um, love your opinions on the prolonged fasting mimicking diet. So. The thing to note here is that this is studied typically in obese populations who will benefit from a prolonged calorie deficit. There is a time and place for 
the majority of nutrition interventions, whether it be keto, whether it be high carb, low fat, whether it be no fiber in their diet, however extreme you want to think of a nutrition protocol, there is a time and place for it. So remember that just because it's beneficial for someone else does not mean it's beneficial for you. Um, so I just wanted to prelude that with this. Now, a lot of people are probably like, what is the prolonged diet, right? So it's basically this one week kind of diet where this guy says once a month, you're going to do this, this diet. And it's basically a restricted calories. I think day one, you can eat 900 calories. And then days two through seven, you can eat 700 calories. And the way that he makes this easy is that he provides you with these supplements, right? Like they're just like bars and stuff made out of like essentially like chemicals because they're all trying to nutritionally provide you with a bunch of nutrients during that time because you're malnourished. Right. Um, so in terms, and, and by the way, keep in mind that the FMD comprises of vegetable-based soups, energy bars, energy drinks, chip snacks, tea, and supplements providing high levels of minerals, vitamins, and essential fatty acids. So the positives here are that, yeah, for people who need to go under a calorie diet, they go through a severe calorie diet. However, we've shown time and time again that like restricted periods of calorie deficits end up people binge afterwards and they just regain any of the weight that they gained back. So, um, yeah, in terms of like what I really, I've never implemented it before. I, uh, I've never thought about implementing it before to be completely honest with you. Um, yes, there are studies on it, but there are also so many studies promoting calorie deficits for people who are obese to improve their lipid, <laughs> lipids. Like let's, let's not overcomplicate something that is a very basic thing that all of us understand. If you're overweight, you probably should lose weight. If you're underweight, you probably should gain weight. That's about it. Perfect. Next question, Kyler. You got it. Um, how much fat should I expect to gain in a reverse diet? So uh, I'll start off and Nick, you can finish this off. Basically, it's, it's all going to depend. Uh, it depends on how extreme your deficit was like throughout the cut. It depends on our methods reversing you out. So if you were working with me in particular, we'd take it slow and steady and we would reverse you out, uh, basically managing your body composition as we go to keep you a little bit more lean uh, along the way, but you have to expect some fat gain because we're no longer in that calorie deficit. We're reversing things back out. We're going up into maintenance and then possibly up even into a surplus. Um, and then that has to be taken into account too. How far are you going to push that reverse diet? How far into a surplus are we going to go? That's going to determine the fat storage as well. But it's not like you're just going to go into this reverse diet or surplus and just like blow up and put a ton of fat on. That's just not how it works. But if you don't do it guided the right way or done intelligently, then you will most likely have that kind of a rebound. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, exactly what you said, exactly what I tell my clients too. But yeah, I mean, if you were to jump straight in, like you were, you know, if you jumped up 50% of your normal calories on top of that, yeah, there's probably going to be a little bit of fat gain. <laughs> Because you because you've jumped up too quick, but like like Tyler was saying, if you're jumping up slowly and incrementally and checking on all your biofeedback as you're going up, 
and it's all doing well, then you can keep pushing. Now there will be a, there will be a time though where your weight will start to creep up a little bit, but you may still be able to feel like you can eat more and all that. You'll know when the reverse needs to be done too. When you start getting to where you're bloated all the time, and you can't eat. You can't possibly eat anymore. You've definitely noticeably gained enough fat, and your body now is like, all right, we've had enough, and now it's time to you know go the other way. But like Tyler said, it depends for each person and how long you want to take. Obviously, the slower the better. The reverse and the diet. So, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree too. Do you guys find that um, sometimes it's better to jump instead of reverse diet? I've had I've had uh, some coaches tell me that they've they've had really good success, but like especially for like hormonal issues, jumping people straight up. Like if they're in a huge caloric deficit, they know they should be around sixteen to eighteen hundred. They jump them up like five hundred or six hundred calories. That ga- that weight gains pretty quick, but then there's not much after that. So like it. It all just depends. Like they're kind of like forecasting, like, hey, let's go ahead and gain it now, and then we'll kind of level up as we're going up. That way, that way, not as much fat gain either. But I don't know. What do you think, Tyler? I totally agree. It's situational. So if someone is, if we're dealing with a basically hormone downregulation situation, then I do like to bump people up a little bit faster. Still nothing crazy, but maybe like. 250 calories right out of the gate type of a thing trying to avoid that refeeding syndrome uh but i I usually like i won't go over 300 since we dealt with the refeeding situation like a year ago or whatever it was yeah so i can just touch upon that too because uh kyler and i have been here been together since the start of this ig page and kind of us doing this but um what had happened was that um he had bumped up someone i what how how much was it it was 350 calories and she okay. had been eating uh, less than 900 calories a day for like months before that. Yeah. So in this case, like what Nick was saying earlier, typically people aren't in that severe chronic starvation phase. Um, however, if you have been chronically malnourished for so long, you do run the risk of refeeding, which I know Courtney's well aware of because we do have a few patients that we are overseeing with medical doctors who we make sure that they're getting their lab work weekly, weekly, <laughs> on a weekly basis to make sure that their thiamine is good and that their electrolytes is good. The reason being is because if you were to jump your calories too quickly, and really, Kyler, like we didn't jump her that that much either however with people like that they can become severely bloated they can become severely like have heart palpitations um, and a lot of like electrolyte imbalances due to the fact that one gram of carb um, will pull in that three grams of water but then additionally this can um, offset a lot of thiamine in the body and once that starts happening then we go into uh, this refeeding syndrome which is extremely extremely dangerous and can cause just you can be like completely fine feeling great and just like dropped out at a second um it's there's no like foretelling what's going to happen so Hmm. um, a lot of coaches in this industry don't talk about it that much and i think it's also because they come like we do this short term right when it's bodybuilding prep or anything like that it's a very short term and it's a gradual diet it's not severe starvation for multiple multiple periods of time so 
I, um, I honestly think most coaches don't even really know it exists because <laughs> they've never had to deal with that type of a situation. Or when the client starts to complain, they just kind of say, like, suck it up and push through. And then they just happen to mm -hmm. be okay. So they never yeah. talk about it after that. But we had to dive deeper because I wanted to fix that for her immediately, you know? Yeah. yeah. And she didn't she rebound really well, like, afterwards for you? For that? Yeah. Flawless. From there on, she got her eating down to where yeah. we basically had her on like 1500 calories a day just eating more frequently and yeah. everything looks great no, so. no problem good hmm. um yeah cool all right next um did you end up looking up this methylene blue I did. so it's weird. so have you guys heard of this mm -mm. okay Methyl so andrew asked have you ever seen the methylene blue trend on tiktok where fitness influencers are recommending it to people for better overall health is this as horrible as i think it is so I had to dive into this one because I had never even heard of it. And mm -hmm. it reminds me a lot of like the celebrities that are going and getting like vitamin injections because that's kind of what it is. Yeah, it's kind of what it is. So this is what it is. Methylonium chloride, commonly called methylene blue, is a salt used as a dye and as a medication. It is a thiazine dye that is injected into your veins for people that have a very specific condition. I don't want to butcher it. Called methemoglobinemia in the uh, blood cell but helps convert ferric iron in hemoglobin in blood to ferrous iron it is really only designated for people that have this very specific condition this condition is most likely caused by like overuse of pharmaceutical drugs or like tox toxins um and what happens is it like deregulates all the enzymes that are supposed to break down this um methylmoglobin in in the body so there's too much of it floating around and it helps break it apart so you literally inject it into your veins i don't know if people on tiktok are like taking it orally but that's what uh clinically it's supposed to be used for so um i would not recommend that for everybody i don't think it's medically necessary and i would not do it if someone told you you should do it right the throat What's their claim that it does? Like, what's the benefit that they're advertising? So here, here's my thought process. It helps promote, like, oxygen recovery. So, like, oh, like, kind of like how people, what's that called? When you'll take out your... Doping? No, remember when I did that hyperbaric oxygen therapy? Mm-hmm. It's like that. So it's basically re, it, like, oxygenating all the cells in your bloodstream. Yes. Um, Got it. And so afterwards, I will anecdotally state that, like, afterwards you do feel like super relaxed, you feel like super calm, like refreshed kind of thing. Um, but honestly, I was so sick during that time when I was in that mold that like, I don't know if any if I would feel that different um, now. And I got so scared when I started going into it. Because in my mind, whenever we do things like this, whether it be any exogenous source of the environment impacting our bodily function, I get nervous that our body stops doing whatever it needs to do to continue doing that. So mm -hmm. think about, for example, like when you get put on a respirator, and I don't know this is a very drastic and sudden change in the direction of the podcast, but if you get put on a respirator, you have a very poor outcome of your health because at this point there's someone else doing the work for you and your body just loses its ability to do to breathe. And so I get worried with things like the hyperbaric oxygen therapy or this methylene blue. It's like, 
what happened to just enhancing our body and like feeding our bodies and like not doing recreational drugs and like you know like treating our bodies correctly so yeah yeah I know low thyroid Adrian asked I know low thyroid can affect weight gain but can it also affect constantly being bloated similar to a SIBO type of bloat the answer is yes. The reason being is because what can happen is it can slow down your motility. And at that point, slow motility can cause more bloat and gas to build up, um, especially if you have certain, I know you don't, but if you were to have some sort of obstruction or just movement in the GI that can cause little pockets of gas to be held, that can cause like extreme distension to happen, even if you only ate a little bit or something like that happened. Is there a food, Victoria asks, is there a food that makes you almost instantly go to the bathroom? If it is, if so, is the food the problem or is it something in your gut? With that one, I can just start and you can finish Courtney, but with that one, I would say like, if it's a one specific food and you've isolated it to like weeks apart and it's causing diarrhea, then it's the food. But if it's like every single day you're having diarrhea after you eat, then obviously it's some, it's the gut. Um, and there are differences though, when I talk about this, um, and especially in your case, Victoria, because I know you don't have a gallbladder. Um, it could be something along those lines more than anything else where you don't have enough bile that's being supported by the body. Um, that's allowing the fat to be broken down and it just is being created out of the body as like a very quick way yeah i i think you kind of addressed everything like i would always take a look at well as like other factors that could contribute to it as well like if you're an anxious stomach kind of person like it might not have even been the food um it literally could be if something is going on mentally and you're in, in a emotional state where maybe you're nervous about something maybe it wasn't the food maybe it was something else that was causing motility to be really really quick um, other instances as well as like, maybe it wasn't the specific type of food, but maybe it was foodborne illness. Again, like that is a thing and that can happen. So like if you ate something and it went right through you, for example, like, again, try to isolate the variables and really try to test and see if it's actually that food or if it's something else. You got it. Okay. So. I'm in a pretty intense calorie deficit, doing an hour of cardio a day and training hard six days a week, but I can't seem to get through this plateau. What else can I try? Well, we're going the wrong direction there. We don't need to add anything else in. Uh, at that point, depending on how intense, your, how intense your deficit is, we need to start pulling you back from that. That's a lot of everything. So we need to bring back the training. We need to pull back the cardio. We need to reverse diet you out of there and give your body some time to get that maintenance back up. And we need blood work. We need blood work. We need to check some things, see what's going on internally because we're, we're pretty deep in it at this point. So um, yeah, reach out to us because we can help. <laughs> you guys got anything on that? I've lived through it. Don't do it. Don't keep yeah. pushing. <laughs> I mean, pretty much what Calor said too. There's, I mean, he hit the nail on the head. It's you're you're probably at that point because your body doesn't want to, it can't respond anymore. So at that point, you really have no other choice but to slowly 
reverse out of that uh, deficit back to a good maintenance, let your body heal, get some blood work, see where you're at, see if our, num our numbers are even normal anyways. And then whenever our bodies kind of start responding back on the reverse, then we're primed and ready to continue to go further into a deficit from there. But obviously if our bodies stop responding, we can't, more is, mo more is not more at this point. <laughs> like it, less is more, especially. So unless you want to kick it up to two hours of cardio and eat 500 calories a day, and literally like pass Not like progress still yeah. <laughs> if you want to be going still not gonna work, yeah. the full protocol in the next few months we can do yeah. it <laughs> completely use the rest of what muscle you have as your fuel because you have no other fuel go ahead keep going yeah <laughs> yeah you want to try and keep do the opposite this is actually a really great example of someone that i would pull off of everything as soon as possible and i actually probably wouldn't reverse very slowly i'd probably do a really fast. Yeah, I'd bump up fast in two days, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, just to really get them back to maintenance and, and then, then try and reverse from maintenance up even higher. Um, that's probably what I would do. But what about you guys? Yeah, we need some surplus time there. I'd prefer to get the maintenance up as high as we can um, in order to like actually get their body responding again. But I really want to know about their blood work at this point. <laughs> you know? I think I so take out a lot of that cardio too, even if even if cutting it either cutting it completely or maybe taking it like two days a week and just walking. You know, like, I don't know what cardio they're doing, but like if it's walking, I mean it's not really super intense, but still an hour a day is a lot. That's a lot of time to be like I'd rather do have you do forty five minutes of a, you know, semi intense workout and maybe hit five minutes on a on a walk or something later in the evening. Like that's gonna be a lot better especially trying to rest the body so yeah and honestly if you're doing that much work you're not training hard enough to begin with you should not be able to go and do like i am when i train hard i'm wiped after an hour and like i probably can't recover like with a four or five day training split like sometimes i remember during prep when i was training hard i think i was at like even three days sometimes of training because that's how hard I went for that one hour. It was very fatiguing on my nervous system. Um, all right, we have time for like one more question. So if anyone is in the live right now, we'll prioritize those questions. So be sure to ask now. Otherwise, do either of you have a question or do you want me to get grab one for the Facebook group? I could do one last one that's super quick. Did you look up the iron Irish moss one? It Okay, can we do this Irish moss one? Because I'm curious myself. I've never do heard it. of it. Okay. Let's see, ask opinions on Irish moss, sea moss, and shilajit. Um, is there proof that it can increase mental clarity or focus, or is it just a marketing tactic? So we've talked about shilajit before on the podcast, but I was curious to hear about the Irish sea moss. Okay, so this is very interesting. Algae is really cool to me. So it's a red algae. So algae and seaweed in general are actually pretty high in omega-3 fatty acids, which is really cool. Uh, it's also really high in iodine, which is very important for your thyroid. So it has- Did you say iodine? Yeah, I know. I, I know. I say it wrong. So iodine. You're so good. Guys, I think this is the only, this is the only like, Fam like we're legit a family where like I'm gonna interrupt you when I see or something. Funny. All right. <laughs> I love you for that. Yeah. That was awesome. I made my day. Do this because we love each other. Um, yeah. So 
in terms of gut health, though, it's not shown to be beneficial. It actually is the opposite. There's a lot of research that suggests it's poor for gut health. Um, they did not so much in human studies. They've done a lot of like animal studies suggesting that the um, components, specifically polygnin, can lead to GI inflammation and has been associated with GI ulcers in animal studies, not with people. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. It literally listed health risks and it was like three different GI related things. So for our core performers, I would not recommend this Irish sea moss for people. Maybe if you don't have GI issues, you could supplement it or if you like algae, sure, but I don't think it's gonna be some magical thing. What but was it that it did? What was the compound? Polygnin. P-O-L-I-G-E-E-N-A-N. It was associated with uh, high inflammatory markers in the gut and gastric ulcers when consumed in large quantities. Hmm. Right? Interesting. Hmm. All right. Do you want to ask that other question or should we tap it off? Yeah, real quick, because it's an easy one. Um, so someone just asked what the, what the best range of, sorry, what are the oh, best wait, I just Googled this. Sorry to interrupt you, but I Googled this polygnin. It's what's, it's the reason why carrageenan is bad. Yeah, it's, a, it's the gum. It's the thing that makes it like gelatinous and, and fillers. Oh, God. It's all That's pagenin. crazy. It, People, really like, carrageenan is like a known carcinogenic kind of product. And the fact that people are consuming a byproduct of it is mm -hmm. for their health. That's nuts. Yeah, please avoid. <laughs> All right. What was the question? I promise I won't interrupt. You're good. Um, where should my test levels be to get the best results? So, I mean, the optimal range that I typically tell everyone is between 900 and 1500. And that is most likely going to be what most clinics tell you as well. Any TRT clinics or HRT clinics for males. Um, I think this was a male who asked, so I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> All righty. Well, with that, that's all of our questions. Well, we had a bunch more questions, but our time is up. So we appreciate you guys. Be sure to ask again the questions that you have for next week. Be sure to enter into the giveaway via the Instagram or the Facebook group or the podcast. And we will be choosing our monthly winner again next month. So stay tuned and enjoy. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. See ya.